Today, uh, things have been brewing in a big way. Today, I saw a correspondent on a very liberal uh, network say, the sky is falling. Mm. (laughs) She literally said those words, the sky is falling. But she was meaning it in a sense of like, this is this is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are watching us, you know, we're talking about what happened with the leak uh, of the brief that was written by the Supreme Court that seems to indicate that they are deciding on overturning Roe versus Wade. Brief or an opinion? Well, it was a, a, a draft. A, a draft. That's it's a draft. It's a draft of an opinion. Um, that, of a ruling. That seems to... <laughs> <laughs> Friends, today we're, we're going to touch a little bit on The Way of the Master, season eight. Did I really say that? Season eight? That's amazing. Isn't what it? was seven about? I have no idea. The, mo- the one I remember most Hello from Sweden. Four. I'm just going to interrupt you every time I see somebody interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> four is my favorite. Uh, Pakistan. No. Yeah, really? look. Oh. Mary Gill from Pakistan. Hey, Mary. What a blessing. That's an Indian name. So, yeah. Um, so, Ray Comfort... Uh, this all began way back when. In fact, we got a call to the ministry by a guy named Kirk Thomas. Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it turned out that uh, it was our good friend, Kirk Cameron, and he, was, uh, he had gotten a CD from you, Mark. Was it at an NRB or a CBA? Uh, it was not a C. I think it was a. Uh, no, it wasn't a CD. I was got to say. I got to say though. It might have been. If you're going to have a fake name, don't have Thomas because people are going to doubt it. <laughs> oh, ooh, Ray's on. Uh-huh. Ray's going with the dad jokes. So a CBA. CBA. Yeah. Tape or CD? That's that's debatable. <laughs> and uh, and then Kirk listened to it, loved it, called and uh, asked for Ray. Talked to Ray. Oh, wait, he he did he divulge his identity? When he talked to Ray? I think he did at that point. <clears throat> he was ordering stuff under his other name. That's right. But then he called, asked for Ray, and uh, that was the beginning. And then you guys go to lunch. Ray starts giving out tracts. Kirk freaks out. Kirk freaks out. Decides never to come back. What'd he say? I came to see a godly man. I met a lunatic. A little lunatic. <laughs> <clears throat> Add insult to injury, little lunatic. <laughs> Sounds good. And then what happened, Ray, from there? Uh, he kept coming back, Help, helped us load the UPS truck, and uh, he couldn't stay away. And then we combined ministries, and look what happened. Yeah, yeah, started the TV Eight program, Way the Master, and um, here we are. I like telling everybody that, uh, that you guys replaced Kurt Cameron with me, <laughs> even though there's like a five-year gap <laughs> as host of Way of the Master. You mean sort of but a it con- sounds good when I say it's Sort of a contrast thing, is that what you're saying? The contrast, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of people come up to me and say, you're the guy with Kirk Cameron. I have to correct them and say, no, Kirk Cameron's the guy with me. <laughs> yeah, it took a while. Didn't they ready to get used to that? Yes. Uh, going in public with Kirk, people going crazy. Oh, I absolutely I loved it. I loved it going through airports, and, and I had my Kirk Cameron left behind tracks, which I left behind. Uh-huh. And, and I'd say, it's him, and they go, give out tracks. And we get on the plane and uh, always get upgraded. It was such a good feeling Flight attendant came along and said, we'd like to go to first class. And I grabbed Kirk's shirt tails and off we went to business class. <laughs> Did that happen class. often? Often. Upgrades like yes. that? Yeah, it was really good. Wow. Loved it. Yeah, so we went from season one uh, all the way through. Now here we're at eight. Four was probably the one that sticks out oh, yes. most of my mind. That was yeah. Europe. 12 yeah. countries. and No, days. stop it. 
13 countries. <laughs> 13 <laughs> countries. Are you afraid to say the word 13, 13 or something? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, get behind me. Dude, are there really <laughs> buildings that don't put 13? That's a real thing. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Serious? Yeah, there's no floor 13. So how does that work? You did, they just go it's right. 12 to 14. Yeah, yeah, it just skips it. And it's all started, Numbers are subjective, easy. It all started because oh, of Judas, evil. apparently. Like 13 at the like, last yeah. supper. Ah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is Wave of the Master for anybody who is listening and yeah. don't don't even know what a television? First, what is a television? Yeah, and then what is Wave of the Master? <laughs> you guys remember when TVs like uh, were thicker than an inch? Thicker than a yeah. I remember. I remember as a kid hearing one day you'll be able to hang a television on the wall like a picture. And now you'll hear one day you'll be able to fold up a television. Oh, yeah. And then they have, well, remember, they do have it. They have that thing. I remember when 9-11 took place, Ray called me up and he said, turn on your television. I ran, I was living in a condo in an apartment and I ran out into the carport, grabbed a hold of my 13 inch black and white television (laughs) with the antenna, ran back inside and I turned it on just enough time to be able to see the plane hit. Um, oh, the kidding. second tower. Yeah, you, Ray remembers. It was a too, big television. Oh, Ray remembers when the oh, light bulb was created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Way the Master, um, television program uh, to inspire and equip Christians and fulfill the Great Commission. And we're excited about season eight. First, it airs on networks all around the world. Uh, we're in, I think, just about every country. And, um, but season eight, has a new twist. I mean, season, the last season we were kind of in the studio here and then we decided now to go back out uh, on the street. So we've been actually hanging out at Huntington. Uh, so that's with, the twist? Yeah, that's the twist. Yeah. What's the, the twist? I missed it. More reality. Well, that we're outside again. Oh, we're we're gotcha. out at Huntington. That's a great Spoiler alert. More, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, goodbye teaser. And doing more, <laughs> doing more man on the street. And we got this guy here that's joined the team. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, 190 countries. So yeah, if, if you uh, have never been able to watch the show, you can go to livingwaters.com backslash wayofthemaster or just wayofthemaster.com. It's probably an easier way of getting there. Backslash sounds painful. It does, true. <laughs> uh, and uh, scroll down to the bottom and it'll have a list of ways in which you can watch the show, both uh, live television or even through streaming networks. Yeah, and it's been a thrill for us. Uh, you know, we today I was recording... Uh, a segment for our YouTube channel. I was just talking about the providence of God. And you look at, at all the different encounters that we've had, you know, you go down through the years, like you think of even some flashbacks back in the day, the guy that, uh, that Kirk was witnessing to, or the guys on uh, Santa Monica pier. And, uh, that's a, I only believe in black Sabbath and Hitler. Was that good? I don't know. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> and then Kirk got bumped with the guy's stomach. <laughs> well, anyway, one of the guys uh, that was antagonistic, in fact, his friends had to hold him back, well, he ended up getting, uh, well, we ended up encountering him, uh, I think, in Santa Monica? No. That was the original way. Well, Santa Monica was the original. This was in uh, Hollywood. Hollywood, that's yes. what it was, yeah. He, yeah, he came up to Scotty, and, and Scotty said, that's the guy, because he could see the way he's chewing his lip. Because on the yeah, program, that's how we recognize him. Yeah, so Scotty's, Scotty's that tech guy; he doesn't miss anything. And he says, "This is the guy that Kirk witnessed to." And I said, "No, it's not," because I could see. And, uh, <laughs> and it turned out that he was. Yeah, and you know, well, actually, this this uh, segues into uh, uh, the major thing we're talking about today, along with mentioning the program. Uh, the guy was holding a sign uh, that was a, a sign about the sanctity of life, about yeah. saving babies from abortion, and um, and guys today. Uh, there's been some big news that, that has hit. Uh, in fact, I heard yesterday, well, well yesterday, but yeah, t- 
today. I don't want to um, make you a liar. Thank you, Oscar. <laughs> uh, but today, uh, things have been brewing in a big way. Today, I saw uh, a correspondent on a very liberal uh, network say, the sky is falling. Mm. <laughs> she literally said those words, the sky is falling. And for those of That's you... That's from Chicken Little, isn't it? Yeah, Chicken yeah. Little. Yeah. And, uh, and, but she was meaning it in a sense of like, this is, this is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are watching us, you know, we're talking about what happened with the leak uh, of the brief that was written by the Supreme Court that seems to indicate that they are deciding on was it uh, an opinion overturning or a brief? Roe versus Wade. Brief or an opinion? Well, it was a, a, it's a draft. A, a draft. That's it's a draft. It's a draft of an opinion. Um, that of a ruling that seems to, <laughs> over, what? it's a draft of a ruling, not an opinion. Yeah, it's it's a, well, it's an opinion, oh. <laughs> Is that a, isn't it? I thought it's a I, well, that, they're they're calling it an opinion, mm. um, but which which would be on that on the heels of a draft of a of a ruling, right? Saying that this is why you know so. Um, so essentially, overturning uh, Roe versus Wade yeah. is what we're talking about. This, yeah, which one of we're going to get to this? This, <laughs> this draft should be coming. It's a, it's a draft that wasn't supposed to be released for another two months, which would overturn overturn Roe v. Wade. But the big controversy is that it's been leaked, right. uh, and they think they know possibly who leaked it, though there needs to be an investigation. But the reason behind the leak is they're saying that essentially one of the uh, a, a very liberal. Uh, member uh, that works within the offices intentionally leaked the draft, which is unprecedented, has never, never happened, happened in the history yeah. of, uh, of um, American history for that matter. And the reason why they're leaking it is because they wanted to put pressure on the uh, judges to make a change to the ruling before it becomes official in about right. two months. Yeah. So they're hoping that the fallout from this, because it's not official yet, right? It's it's just a draft and a lot of things can change. Historically, dr- uh, uh, things have changed days before the release of of the opinions. That, that happened were. in 1992. Judge Kennedy, they had five on the Supreme Court, going to overturn Roe versus Wade, and he changed his mind, Judge Kennedy. And wow. the tragedy came from that mind change. Yeah. So they're hoping that this will put a pressure on the judges to, to make changes before two months from now. Yeah. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, a $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. So I think it's important to clarify because a lot of Christians are kind of well, they went pop champagne bottles because <laughs> well, they're Christians. What's the apple um, cider? <laughs> the apple cider bottles. The book, yeah. Yeah. Um, Martinelli's. Martinelli. Uh, they're popping the Martinelli's. Uh, thinking that this, you know. It's not this, said that's in stone. It. Yeah, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. So let me just read this from, uh, from Fox News. It says, the Supreme Court issued a response to the report of a draft opinion. Opinion. 
that if published would overturn Roe versus Wade uh, with Chief Justice Roberts strongly condemning the leak to the press. In a brief message, the court acknowledged that the leak document is indeed real. So, you know, of course, at the outset, people are like, did this really leak? And right. someone just put it out there. But Judge Roberts confirmed it. Yeah, he did. confirmed it. Um, while noting that it's just a draft and the court has not issued a final decision on the matter. Then he said this, justices circulate draft opinions eternally as a routine and essential part of the court's confidential deliberate work. Although the document described in yesterday's report is authentic, it does not represent a decision by the court or the final position of any member on the issue in the case. Uh, the court said, and then he said, to the extent this betrayal of the confidence of the court was intended to undermine the integrity of our operations, it will not succeed. The work of the court will not be affected in any way. So, yeah. Um, so these judges aren't elected, so they don't have to make decisions according to what the people say. They just have to do it according to what the law says, right. supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. But there's, I mean, there's a, a political influence that's there. Right. Yeah. It's interesting as you read, I was just reading here and there uh, bits of the 98 page report, but I, I, you know, they come in, Judge Alito specifically comes in pretty strong and hard against it, which is incredible. Mm. I'll just read a couple of quotes that I pulled. Yeah. Uh, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. Uh, it's, he says again, it is time to heed the constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives, meaning that this will move it to becoming a state issue, which is one, one move in the right direction. And then here's a big one. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I saw what's his name this morning. Oh, from, what's his name? You know him. How's yeah. he doing, Man, by the way? Come on, you know the guy him with the very face, right? well. That guy, yeah. <laughs> Um, what's he, the young Turks? Sankey, oh yeah. What's Sank, his, it's I a never strange his name. name. Yeah. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I've always struggled with him the, the, you know, I, I always have to say, Lord, fill my heart with love for him. Mm. He's lost. I was lost. I was blind. And such were some of you. He's venomous. But he, he, he has such venom. He Very was screaming in the yeah. video. And you I, know, he we, was, we hate you Republican. Yeah. He was just, or we don't like you. He was just like flipping out and. Um, we, one of us needs to have that kind of energy, by the way. I, I vote Mark. <laughs> Infuse Mark. With yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Mark. You're going to say. I mean, it's crazy to think that we have become a group of people that are angry that we cannot kill people. Mm. That's what it is. The left has become people that are angry that we cannot murder are most vulnerable amongst us. Mm -hmm. You know, in 1973, when Roe v. Wade became uh, law here federally, um, there was an outrage. An outrage that uh, we can kill people and there was an outrage that we couldn't kill people, right? So they began to try to regulate it and they divided it into three different trimesters, if you would. In the first trimester, you're allowed to uh, have an abortion for any reason or no reason whatsoever. During the second trimester, governments could require reasonable health regulations. Then finally, during the third trimester, abortions could be prohibited entirely so long as the laws contained exceptions for cases when they were necessary to save the life of the mother. Which is, which is funny. I mean, there, there's so many different rabbit trails we can go on uh, concerning this because if the mother's life's in danger, you just deliver the baby through a cesarean section because at 21 uh, weeks or so, the baby can live. Right. Yeah. But we are now seeing, argued as we saw in uh, November 2019, 
the president of Planned Parenthood, went before Congress and was arguing for infanticide, mm. which is absolutely a ridiculous, crazy thought. Um, Norma McCorvey, she was also known as the legal pseudonym Jane Roe. She had become pregnant in 1968 and she wanted to have an abortion there in Texas and she couldn't. She couldn't because there in Texas, you can only get an abortion if the mother's life is in danger. Bear in mind, right? Planned Parenthood is obsolete. You don't need Planned Parenthood. If the mother's life's in danger, you don't go to Planned Parenthood. You go to the emergency room. Yeah, right. Right. So it doesn't mean that Planned Parenthood is necessary. And a lot of people say that. Well, we need Planned Parenthood. You know, what if the mother's life's in danger? Well, then you go to the ER. You go to a physician who can actually take care. And the doctor is going to attempt to save both. And if the doctor ends up uh, killing the fetus... That's not an abortion. That is unfortunate. An abortion is not health care, which yeah. is, I mean, when does it become health care when you want to kill uh, an innocent human being? That's right? one of the chances, isn't it? Abortion is health care. Yeah, abortion is health care. You know, yeah. well, when, when did that take place? Right? right. I and mean, that's absolutely what, ridiculous. What was the mantra before? Wasn't it safe, legal, and rare? Yeah, and now it's no longer safe, legal, and rare. Celebrated. Yeah. It is. Safe, legal, and celebrated is how they would, they would mm, say it now. Absolutely. You know, the, um, the person who, uh, Henry Blackman, he was the U.S. Supreme Court who decided, who gave that legal opinion because he was on the majority. This is what he said, though, and this is what's very key and important for us today. In making abortion legal in all 50 states, the majority opinion, he said this, if the suggestion of personhood is established... Rose case, of course, it collapses for the fetus's right to life would then be guaranteed specifically by the 14th Amendment. In other words, he's saying if we can 100% come to the conclusion that the preborn baby is a human being, mm. then Roe v. Wade is going to be cut off at the knees. Oh. So let's establish whether or not. It is a human being inside the womb. And that is very easy. And that's what our pro-life film is going to do. I yeah. think well, what's it very well. Our pro-life film has right now the working title is What Is It? Mm. Right? And, and it goes like this. And this is the illustration that we tend to give. Uh, imagine if it's an early Saturday morning and your son is calling out from the other room and saying, Daddy, Daddy, can I kill it? Can I kill it? Hmm. And you're half asleep. You have no idea what he's talking about. You say, kill it? Kill what? And he says, it's a cockroach, Dad. Can I kill a cockroach? <laughs> You'd respond with, you know, absolutely kill that cockroach, clean it up before mama wakes up and don't show your sister Sally. <laughs> Put it in the eggs. But if on the other hand, if he calls out and he says, daddy, it is my sister Sally. She's driving me crazy. Can I kill Sally? Mm. You would wake up your spouse in a frenzy wondering where things went south mm. and you're looking for some psychological help. So the number one, the singular question that needs to be asked is what is it? What is the preborn? What are we talking about here? Mm, yeah. Because this is exactly what Henry Blackman talked yeah. about on the case in January, 20, January 20th, 1973. What is the preborn? And at that point, they did not believe that the preborn were human. And Mark, here's the thing. I love your passion and you're like a Gatling gun of information. <laughs> yeah. And that is what your whole documentary is like. It's just, it's sitting there thinking just so much stuff. Yeah. Just he, to dive into a little bit of what you said, Mark, because you make a really good point, which is someone has to eventually ask, what's the difference between that cockroach and a person? And we talk about this all the time. The difference between any other living 
thing and a human being is the fact that all of us were created in the image of That's God. Right. That is where we get our intrinsic value, our quote unquote right to life. Everything that even the liberals fight for, like justice and equality, comes from a Judeo-Christian worldview recognizing human beings and their value is not in what they can produce, not in their economic value, not in their intel- in intelligence, not in their ability to be a self-sustaining human being. The thing that gives us dignity and a right to life is simply being human. That's right. Yeah. And what makes those babies worthy of life is that they are imago Dei, image bearers of God. They are not clumps of cells. They are not cockroaches. They are little image bearers of the God who created them. And because of that, we need to defend the right. Well, that's right. Your human being is being human. I love it. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And friends, for those of you that are just joining us now, one of the things we're doing today is encouraging people to check out uh, the way the master season eight, we've been talking about how we can't believe we're at season eight, uh, but we're here. So you can go to livingwaters.com forward slash or backslash. I don't know what they call that slash W O T M and, uh, and check it out. We're, we're thrilled. And in the season, we talk a lot about this issue. We do. And, uh, and also help to equip you and how to deal with it, how to handle it. Uh, how do you engage in a culture that has shifted? And on that note, guys, I just want to say things have taken a turn because there used to be the argument that was pretty much kind of the foremost one that you don't, you're not killing, you're not having an abortion in terms of committing murder. You're cause it's not a baby, but now that's not the argument anymore. They're not right. even arguing anymore that it's yeah, not a life. Right. right. I mean, yeah, they say, well, it may be human, but it's not a person. And when somebody says that, well, it may be human, but it's not a person. I say, well, can you give me a very clear, distinctive list and what the difference is between a human being and a person, right? That's silly. You know, uh, the abortionist Willie Parker, that's his argument that he goes and he's performed thousands and thousands of abortions. And it is historically always unprecedented and dangerous anytime we as human beings try to decide who is in deserving of personhood. That's right. Yeah. I have five examples through history right here that, that are times in which uh, uh, the masses tried to decide that something was not worthy of life or had some sort of less value than humanhood. 1858, Virginia Supreme Court, in the eyes of the law, the slave is not a person. Uh-huh. 1881, American law, an Indian is not a person within the meaning of the constitution. 1928, Canadian Supreme Court, the meaning of qualified persons does not include women. 1936, German Supreme Court. The Supreme Court itself refuses to recognize Jews as persons in the legal sense. 1997, Canadian Supreme Court. The law of Canada does not recognize the unborn child as a legal person possessing rights. Hillary Clinton, 2016, she slipped up here because she used person. She said, the unborn person does not have constitutional uh-huh. rights. She broke rank with her people uh, because she used the word used person. The word person yeah. But she was being honest in that sense. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, those who are in the scientific field that understand what personhood is and what a human being is, which <laughs> like you have to be in the scientific community to know what a person is. Right? It's like, and a woman. Yeah. Right. I mean, seriously though, <laughs> I just got to pause here for a second. Do it. Did you guys watch, were you guys watching that? Or, or have you, you've seen the clip where this, the recent Supreme Court uh, nominee was asked, what is oh, a woman? Oh yeah. And I'm just, this, this is my question, I guess, in that regard. 
Have we reached the precipice of insanity in our world? I like, think we passed and jumped over. But, I mean, but, you know, but yeah, how, do you, how in the world do you have a person not who's educated, but who's like in a position of being a respected high-ranking judge about to become a judge on the highest court in the greatest nation on the planet. How in the world does, do people do not flip out when they hear what she said? No, I cannot define what a woman is. I'm not a biologist. And people defending that as well. You know, what's the weather outside? I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. Is that a dog? I don't know. I'm not a vet. I mean, words have meaning. Right. And we have to take things to a right. logical conclusion. And the logical conclusion with Katanji Brown Jackson is that she will not be able to interpret the law properly because she is not a linguistic. She does not lingu- ling- linguist. 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 It's, she cannot uh, define words properly. It's also interesting to me that Christians are, are accused so often of being anti-science. Yeah. But all of a sudden when it comes to gender or when it comes to uh, babies in the womb, the other side suddenly becomes very anti-science because yeah. the science shows that a baby dies because of an abortion. A science shows what gender actually is, and science doesn't care about your feelings or your opinion in those circumstances, That's right. but you, know, you tend to ignore it. Most mm-hmm. laws here in the United States, if a pregnant woman is murdered, then the murderer would be charged with double homicide. That's right. happening Demonstrating that there are two people. And then another example would be if there is a pregnant mother on death row, she will not be put to death because there is a human being inside of her that deserves to live. Yeah. Yeah, Ray, um, we, we've got this here. Uh, all of you who ever watch us see that in the, on, you know, in the back there. Uh, 180, Ray, this started out uh, as an accident. Uh, tell us the story. Yeah, I was, uh, boy, I've been going for a long time to, to Sarita's College, local college. I went around there to get some footage for a documentary we were working on called uh, Hitler's Religion, which is very fascinating. Hitler produced his own Bible, sold 100,000 copies or had 100,000 printed, had his own commandments. So it was very interesting. Hmm. And so I went around there and I, I started interviewing people. <laughs> they didn't know who Hitler was. Yeah. I couldn't believe my ears. I'd say, hear about Hitler? No. And... Um, I remember I saw a guy that was uh, had very colorful looks, dreadlocks, is under a tree. Went up to him and I said, uh, who's Adolf Hitler? And he knew who he was. He says, he was a wicked, evil man. And then after about five minutes, I said, what do you think of the issue of abortion? Because he railed on. Was what, that on a I, whim? Like, yes, yeah. I yeah. just said, what do you think of abortion? He says, woman's right to choose. I said, you Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> we had an absolute sword fight under that tree for about four or five minutes, and then I said, so tell me, when is it okay to kill a baby in the womb? Tell me, when? And he just went blank, and he walked off, and I remember getting the camera and zooming up, and I'm thinking, what an incredible footage I've just got. Wow. And then I went, push, boom, and my camera went on. I thought, <laughs> no, I turned oh, it off at the beginning. So I felt utterly humiliated. I didn't tell a soul for a week, but I thought, that question worked. It's okay to kill a baby, when? Yeah. In the womb. And so I went back and began asking questions like that of people and got some great footage and then showed you. And we decided it's not a Hitler movie, <laughs> it's a pro life movie. And you said, you've got to get some women. Yeah. And so we got some women saying the same thing. And the rest is history. I'll never forget, Ray, when you called me on your way back from Huntington and you had just finished conducting the interview with Alicia. Yes. She's, for those of you that have seen the movie, it's the girl with the, with the blonde braids. And you were like guarding that footage. <laughs> yes. I mean, that was really a highlight in the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And, um, and what, what a joy to think now 
uh, over 6 million views on YouTube, 1.2 million plus DVDs sold and distributed, and it's been aired through our TV program you know, all over the world. And we've had babies and mums come to the ministry that were saved because they watched yeah. it. Yeah, we've actually done a, a couple of videos on testimonies of women who were gonna have an abortion and somebody handed them the 180 video. They went home, watched it, and changed their mind. Yeah, kept their and it's, we have pictures of it. And people babies. are still getting the DVDs. They're still giving them out at abortion clinics. Do you remember how it was called 180? We had no name for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell that story. Well, I, I had, I, in the middle of the night, I came, I just thought, 180. People are doing a 180. And didn't Rachel, my daughter, get the same thing? We were staying the night at your house, I yes. think, that night. Yes. And Rachel had come up with the same name, separate from you. Yes. No way. And yeah, it was there you were crazy. sleeping in your hole. And the idea just popped up in your mind. <laughs> I crawled up out. Yeah. I crawled up out. The hole in Ray's bed. Um, yeah. So friends, again, we mentioned the TV program and 180 airing through that. If you're just joining us now and, and you have watched any season of Way of the Master, we think that, uh, that this is probably the best season in terms of uh, just the experience that we've gained and the format, the exciting new format that we're incorporating into Way of the Master season eight. So make sure, again, go to livingwaters.com. Uh, ba- is it backslash? Backslash. backslash W-O-T-M. The new track. Oh, yeah. Okay. By so- the way, on that website, you can find a list of television uh, channels that you can watch Way of the Master on. It airs once, all new episodes are once a week, right? Yep. And you can also find some streaming options as well for those of you who don't have television like myself. Yeah, and tell people about it too. We're very diverse now. We got a, a, a Jew, an Arab. We got, we don't know what Mark is. And we got a Mexican, a Mexican guy. So make sure to check it out. Okay, Ray, um, I just spoke at a pregnancy center banquet. Hmm. And, um, and I, I meant to take one with me. I forgot, I, want, I wanted to kick myself. But every pregnancy center needs to, <laughs> needs to have these. Everyone that preaches the gospel outside of abortion clinics needs to have this. Uh, Ray, tell us a story. And I don't know if, if it even works on camera, but describe what this yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's a 3D. Um, it's a, if a picture's worth a thousand words, a 3D picture, what's it called? Uh, like a hologram. It's like a hologram. So thing. when you move it, is there a camera here? Yeah, and it when looks you like move the baby's it, like three The baby actually moves like 3D. But yeah. uh, when you see it, and it's, it's got the gospel on the back. We never do anything without the gospel on it. A gospel? Yeah, a gospel. Message on a gospel track? Yes. <laughs> Wait, sorry. That's old news, gospel. Ray. That's so, <laughs> yeah, that's a fad. Mark, I got a question for you. What is one of the most common objections to abortions that we're hearing out there today? It's her body, her choice. It's the top one, right? I mean, it's her body, it's her choice. You're a male, you don't get to have a say in uh, the conversation or what if the mother was raped or the mother's life's in danger. Those are the top four, uh, by far. Uh, usually her body, her choice, you know, it's, it's her decision in which we quickly say, well, are we talking about her body, right? Or is it a body inside of her body, right? If, if it's a male, well, then she's half male, half female. If it is her body and if she's pregnant with two twin boys, well, then she's mostly male than female. Yeah. But do you really believe that it's her body? Do you believe that she has 20 fingers, hmm. you know, 20 toes, yeah. right? I mean, that, that's, that's usually the angle. You know, Mark, the thing that excites me about the movie that you've been producing and working on, what is it uh, that we've, we've touched on already, is it's so educational for believers. You know, everybody uh, has that fear of, what do I say if they say this? And we, we worry about freezing, but this, equips a Christian with ammunition to be able to give answers. And the answers are brilliant, the logic, the reasoning. 
And it shows how really bankrupt the secular view is on abortion. And so I, I'm, I'm really... And the really trailer, just saw that. the trailer the other day, and it incites an excitement. Uh, um, it, it's just such quality. When's the trailer being released? Uh, should be soon. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we're working on a couple. It. <laughs> <laughs> should be. Soon. I only work here, right? Eh? Uh, you know, Mark. I, I think at the core of that her body, her choice argument is a libertarian view of the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of individual freedoms. And what I mean by that is the libertarian, liberal libertarian view of a, a pursuit to happiness or to, to individual freedom goes something like this: that no institution. No authority or no individual can get in the way of your pursuit of happiness in your life. But even the thing is with that is that even in the libertarian view, there's also a recognition that you can pursue happiness as long as it doesn't infringe on the happiness or life of another person. And so you put that into its context, right? Like I have a right to pursue happiness, but if my pursuit of happiness for me means that I'm gonna go into your home while you're sleeping, and kill you and steal all your belongings, then our laws and system are set up in a way that says that is where your pursuit of happiness stops is when it infringes on uh, the rights of another person. And that's the exact point that we made earlier, which is that yes, women and men should have an equal right to the pursuit of happiness as Americans. We support that. But it should never infringe on the rights of another. And one of the highest freedoms and intrinsic rights that we all have is the right to life. And so if a woman's pursuit of happiness infringes on a baby in the womb, that is where it stops. That's right. If we can't get the right to life right, we won't get any other rights right. Mm -hmm. right. That's good. That's right. So Mark, talk a little bit about AB2223 and what's going on with that now. Um, in you terms serious? Of serious? What? <laughs> AB2223? Yeah, that's what it's called. AB2223. <laughs> How many twos is that? Three this is a two, three twos and then a three. Uh, but no, it's, it's, the, it's what they're, they're trying to pass in terms of uh, ba basically legalizing infanticide. That a mom has a right to, I mean, the, the way it's worded, um, omission, I can't remember the exact wording, but it's basically up until 28 days after the baby's born that a mother cannot be criminalized. Peter Singer says six months. Right. And talk about that. Yeah, well, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know if we're exactly getting that right. Right? I, I, I'm not sure if that's exactly the correct terminology. There is some obscure sentencing, some obscure wording that I think that, just to be correct here, sure. I think that people are coming along and kind of hijacking uh, that bill and saying that this is going to now legalize infanticide. Uh, across the board, starting in California, that it's kind of a slippery slope, it's a door. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, though I do believe that the left tries to sneak in some wordage in order to create a snowball effect for other things. Um, but we, we must uh, forget the fact that infanticide is the next step. That is the future of politics uh, here inside of America. In fact, you know, we went on the campus there of a local university trying to get students' opinions and thoughts concerning infanticide. Um, Peter Sanger, he wrote the book on ethics, Practical Ethics. Yeah. And inside of his book, he argues really for infanticide up to 28 days, though I believe that it's his personal opinion that uh, we should be able to kill 
uh, fellow human beings up to five years. You said six months recently. I've heard him say three years. I've not heard him say five years. I've yeah. heard him say three years and six months. Well, so the, the, the line continually is, is yeah. moved, yeah. right? When you, we have no authoritative figure over, over our lives, so then there really is no right or wrong, no good or bad. And all the lines are becoming blurred until there is no line uh, whatsoever. But if we are going to kill babies in the womb, why can't we kill babies outside of the womb? Inside of our pro-life film, we say, well, what really are the distinguishing differences between a pre-born and a newborn? And there really is no difference. And I think that easy, you brought it out inside the film very well as you went through that acronym SLED, right? The size, level, development, environment, degree of dependency. Um, so we need to be careful because that really is the next step. Let's go back for just a moment that as we see possibly Roe v. Wade being overturned, this does not mean that a Abortion is going to become illegal in the United States. Yeah, I think that's a massive misconception. It is. It is very massive. Or right, so people are celebrating. And well, I looked it up. So it means 26 out of the 50 state states will likely likely have a ban on abortion almost immediately within 30 days. There's, there's some 12. Trigger, there's some trigger trigger laws there was 12 that immediately immediately it becomes law. Right. Yeah. And Gavin Newsom has already said that he's moving to try to enshrine abortion into yeah. California state's constitution. Boy. And so I read an article so today where Amazon is saying if one of their people gets pregnant, they'll pay up to $4,000 uh, to have an abortion to go to get an abortion wherever it's at. Wow. It's not completely validated yet. It's all talk. So, uh, yeah. So Ray, um, what's the root behind this in terms of how the agenda, it, it's so aggressive. It's not just like, yeah, one wants to have an abortion, but like this guy sank, I, I, I can never get his name right. The guy, from, uh, the guy from uh, the, the Young Turks. Oh. They're so impassioned and flamed. Is it a demonic? Uh, well, scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but uh, there's such zeal to murder babies yeah. in the womb. You just got to be suspect of it. It's just not natural. And that's why we have to tackle it spiritually. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness, high places, and the weapons of a warfare not carnal. But we need to pray for these justices, especially mm. Judge Roberts or yeah. Justice Roberts, to pray for them that God will give them wisdom and direct them. They'll walk in the fear of the Lord because that's what our nation has lost. Ray, you, you just put, you made a video on it that we're going to be releasing uh, on this uh, important topic. Talk about Roberts. Why? Why did you mention him? Well, he's the he's the one that uh, hasn't made the decision. There's five that already sided with the opinion and said this is it. This is what's going to happen. And he's not made his mind up. But he is conservative, and uh, it, it's more than likely he will he will side with it. Um, but as it is, uh, so there, there would if, if these five obviously vote, there's still a majority. But what what people want is a solid majority. Yes. They want it to be. Yeah, very. And three of those, uh, they're Trump appointees, three of those justices. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, I just got to say something here. Is, uh, for two years, I have stayed away from the news because it's so depressing. Mm. Suddenly, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because the whole issue has been uh, the abortion issue. I just couldn't stand listening to uh, Democrats gloat over their, uh, their right to, to take lives. Yeah. It horrifies me. Are they talking about legal, like, is, there, is this criminal, this, this leak? Would it be criminal if they catch who did it? I don't think they've, they've uh, disclosed. I haven't heard that. Are. I've heard it's unethical. It's just yeah. wrong. But I've heard the FBI are, are, are looking into it. So uh, it just seems to be, must be. Someone's going to definitely have to wear the Duns hat for at least a day. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so we also have some other resources, friends. Um, again, if you haven't, watched way of the master television program there is room for repentance 
we won't we, we won't promote penance, but there is repentance. Um, make sure to check it out. It has impacted people around the world. In fact, it's still one of the the most popular avenues through which people come to learn about living waters. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, we discussed this topic uh, throughout the program, but a whole bunch of other things as well. We talked to a lot of different colorful characters. Um, and I think uh, you are going to be radically inspired to share the gospel. And you're going and to be equipped. equipped. <laughs> <laughs> that should be part of our vision statement. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. But we have a few other resources, friends, on this topic. Uh, seven Reasons to Choose Abortion. Ray, that's another movie we produced. Yes, yeah, half a million views on YouTube. That's very much. Yeah, talk about that and this. I went to local college and just address the seven reasons that, and don't ask me what they are. And what are they? Come, I can't remember. <laughs> I asked him about a book he j- is not, he just finished and is about to come out. You couldn't remember the name of it. That's yeah. right. That was last Marfa night. Course. Yeah, well, there's right. four new books coming out. And right. I was just a bit confused for a moment. Oh, Ray. Yeah, yeah so go ahead. Uh, what, I've finished going ahead. <laughs> You're done. I've been That's all you got. I've been there and come back. Yeah. This is one of my favorites, uh, Life in the Womb. And uh, it, it, it's full of just pictures along with that. We mentioned the, the track that we just came out with, but this is perfect to give out to, to people outside of abortion clinics because it gives them something that will clarify to them what's going on with the baby that's developing in their womb. Our brother John in Florida uh, uses that a lot. Oh yeah, John Burrows. He's one of our heroes. We've had him here uh, before. Absolutely. Uh, Living Waters. One of the things that's so unique about our uh, pro-life materials is that we spend we spend so much time and put such an emphasis on the gospel in the midst yeah. of that, which I think is unique. I don't really see that anywhere else. And if it is, I think we were one of the first to do that. Ray, why is that so important that we don't just leave the conversation? Like the videos that we've done, a mind will be changed and it's not like, okay, great, change your mind, see it to the next person. You don't stop there, you go into the gospel. Why is that so important? Well, it's the oxygen in the room. Take the oxygen out and you're just gonna die. And so we've got no cause that we can fight if we drop the gospel. It's just a waste of time because we're talking eternity. And that's, that's the only thing that matters, Christ crucified. Yeah, Man. yeah. so, okay, guys. Um, I, I wanna talk for just a bit I about- I thought you were winding up then. No, no, we got more to go. <laughs> By the way, real quick, before you banter on about nothing important, <laughs> uh, for I've been mentioning it in the chat, but for those of you guys watching and listening, we are going to go into a Q and A uh, pretty soon here. And so, if you guys have questions, go ahead and start submitting that into the comment section now. And our uh, faithful, rash-faced Trevor will uh, grab those and send them to us so that we can answer them for you. So <laughs> if you have any questions that you'd like to, to have us address, you can add them into the comment section now. Did you say rash-faced rash Trevor? Rash-faced Trevor. I would never Trevor. be that offensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, but... You know, yes, there uh, is, both, yeah, both, um, you know, but, the, but, you know, um, yep, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> this is one of his raps. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned that, Oscar, the, the importance of the gospel, because Mark, there is a, a real kind of a movement for saving babies, but not concerned for the soul, wouldn't you say? As well, in terms of like, it's just like, hey, save the babies, but the gospel is not at the heart 
of it. Yeah, I, I think we had in the producing of 180, we had an individual come to us and say, hey, take the gospel completely out of 180. 180 is a 33-minute documentary. 13 minutes of that is given over towards the gospel. And Ray and I, we talked inside of our office. I don't know if you remember. We said, well, if we remove the gospel, we put this up on YouTube. And let's say, peradventure, 500,000 people watch this video and they don't get the gospel. Well, I'd feel terrible. Mm. <laughs> right? 500,000. So, so we put the gospel in and that is the heart of the matter, right? If you want to change the nation, well, then change the nation's heart. And the heart of the matter is the problem of the heart. Mm. So we must go through the law to bring the knowledge of sin that paves the way for grace, mercy, and forgiveness and elevates Christ. Wow, we must do that because that's the problem. Right, we can incrementally try to change different things here and there, but what needs to happen is there needs to be a complete revival. And that revival starts with us individually. Amen. Save America, but save me, save my thoughts, my wayward thinking, save my rebellious ways, save me from leisurely walking down a road that I shouldn't walk down and watching things that I shouldn't watch. Start with me. Yeah. Send a revival and start with me individually, even as a believer. Not save me salvifically, but save me from not redeeming the time because the days are evil. Mm-hmm. And what does that take? Well, it takes really one individual as a social reformer to rise up in the midst of the masses and say, I will not bow down. I will not give up. I will not let up. I will not shut up. Mm. If we as individuals begin to come together, then we conglomerately come together as a mass and we'll have a louder voice. But we must not forget that our individual voice is a lot louder than we think because one with God will always be in the majority. Amen. Yeah, Ray, I think your famous saying was about removing the gospel from 180 is you, you'd have a better chance of flossing the back teeth of the lions at the LA Zoo during <laughs> feeding time. Feeding time. <laughs> that was, I was trying to remember what it was. I brought it back. That's Thank you for that. Yeah, more chance of... No, I love that. Flossing the back teeth of the lions at LA Zoo at feeding time. Yeah, and imagine though, I mean, if we had done that, millions literally millions would not have gotten the gospel yeah, and yeah. what a tragedy that would be. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. I think we're ready to go to some Q and a, what do you say, Trevor? Q and a good a right now? Pitch right there. Yeah. Trevor, Q&A, you know, Q&A, you can Q&A, actually Q&A, speak. Q&A, 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 Q&A. <laughs> no, no. Say something. We want to hear your voice, Trevor. <laughs> oh, wait, don't say anything. We're good. Okay. Um, so we got any questions in there? Yeah. Do you we got Peggy them? Moore asks, why aren't women on this panel talking about women's rights? What's, <laughs> no, a, what's woman? a woman? Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, Peggy, we, we love hearing from uh, pro-life women. As a matter of fact, there's been a huge upsurge in women who are, are pro-life. And there's a lot of amazing outspoken apologists that are women who are pro-life. Uh, I'm thinking about the book Confronting Christianity has an, inchap- an entire chapter on abortion written by Rebecca McCoff. She does an excellent job of that. So the, the numbers are numerous. Why don't we have any of them here? Because the Lord has blessed four men to be hosts of this show. And that's the way it is. But maybe in the future, we might have a guest that we'd be able to yeah. include yeah. as well. But here's the thing. Uh, while, while the voice of women is valu- equally valuable and important, uh, our voice shouldn't be diminished either. And in that manner, we also represent four wives that are all pro-life as well as mm-hmm. we sit here right. and talk about this issue. Yeah, and, and Mark, I'd love you to touch on this because that, that is often uh, the argument. Uh, men have no say in this. It's not their body. Men don't bear children, although now they're trying to say men can be pregnant. What a twisted world. Yeah. We, we need to reject identity politics yeah. altogether. It's like saying since... Uh, 
I've never been homeless. I can't speak about the homeless problem here in Los Angeles. Or because I've never been a soldier, I can't have an opinion about war. I don't own a gun. I can't have an opinion about bearing arms, right? So we need to reject the identity, uh, the idea that unless you fully identify by being part of that problem at one time, then you can't have an opinion. Have you ever done cocaine? Well, then don't talk about drugs. Yeah. Right. Well, also it goes back to the fact that this isn't a women's rights issue at its core. It's a human rights issue at its core. And anytime a human, human rights are being threatened, all voices should stand up and oppose that both men and women. So society's coming along and telling us that this is a woman's rights issue. Hmm. And at the same time, because you're a man, you don't have a uterus, you don't get to have a say. But you can still be a woman, (laughs) (laughs) but you can still be a woman, even though you don't have a uterus because gender is fluid. And we dealt with this with one of our latest uh, YouTube videos. Uh, When somebody usually brings up this case, my go-to is the Roe v. Wade uh, Supreme Court case from 1973, because I'll say, listen, if women are the only ones that get to have a say concerning abortion, then we need to overturn Roe v. Wade because there were all men that were presiding on the case of Roe v. Wade. Nine men, not one woman. Hmm. Two dissented, but seven men made abortion legal in the United States. So if men don't get to have a say, then abortion should not be legal here in the United States. Yeah, yeah, no, and and that's, again, the facts uh, are only cited when it's convenient, you know, for for the liberal cause. And it's, it's really, really tragic. Um, okay, here's another question. Uh, this comes from uh, Blazing Wind Fairy Knight. Okay, <laughs> lovely name. <laughs> question. <laughs> Is it all right to attend a wedding event, for example, of someone of different faiths or religion? I would have no problem uh, attending a wedding where there were people of the Baha'i faith or Catholic faith or Mormon, though you can't attend a Mormon wedding. Uh, reception, perhaps. Why uh, can't you attend a Mormon wedding? Well, because it's, it's happening temple inside wedding, the temple and oh, it's sealed it's for time and all of eternity. So you un- need to have un- that. Underwear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> underwear. <laughs> there's, um, there's certain Christian liberty uh, here in regards yeah. to our personal yeah. conviction on, on, on what we Romans 14. I would say to your point, I agree, because at the end of the day, even if they're not a Christian, whether they realize it or not, they are making a vow before God that God is going to honor in their lives and hold them accountable to, and you can be a witness to that vow. On the other hand, I do think there are certain kinds of weddings that according to my Christian conviction and liberty, I would not attend uh, a same sex wedding. So would be that, and that would be the logical counter pushback with this. If you're willing to go to a Baha'i wedding, why would you not be willing to go to a same sex? Your son's going to get married to some guy. Why would you not go? Yeah, but because going- on, but this is an oxymoron. Why do we keep saying gay wedding? It's yeah, not right. a wedding. It's because not God already defined. Well, and that goes into right. the, to the, to the argument that I would make against going to a wedding of that nature, an event, a union, an event, (laughs) a union. There you go. Uh, in the same sense, when I attend a wedding that is between a male and a female, even if they are not Christian, uh, God, I do believe that God is, is present in honoring that covenant. Right. On the other hand, two men or two women taking those kind of vows. When you attend a wedding, you're not just, you're not just a part of the audience. You attend as a witness 
to something sacred. And yeah. so when you go, you almost go to a wedding in the sense of like a um, notary goes to notarize something. As a witness, you are, you are uh, transcendently notarizing the wedding, if, if I can put it in those kinds of terms. And so in that sense, (laughs) stop it. And so in that sense, we don't recognize two men or two women as a holy covenant. And so my witness is invalid, right? Actually, I am being a godly witness by not attending that wedding. That doesn't mean I wouldn't have that couple over for dinner to proclaim the gospel. That doesn't mean they wouldn't be my neighbor who I would love and serve and be there for on a regular basis. That doesn't make them my enemy, but a wedding is something sacred. And by being a participant, you you are affirming the sacredness right. of that thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, recently I posted on my social media platforms uh, this quote that said, your best friend is the one who'll tell you the most truth. And I think that we are a culture bereft of, of truth speakers. Bereft. Hey, there's the word of the day. Um, but, but we're lacking, you know, truth seekers. There's a dearth. Of truth, <laughs> now you're just truth showing speakers. off. Um, but seriously though, you know, it, it's, and in part, I have, I have compassion on the world because they're part of the system and, and there are repercussions for speaking up. But for us as believers, look, we can do it with love. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing more caring than to be able to tell someone, no, this is not, this is not something I can attend because it's, not, it's something that's not right. You know? uh, no one would have a problem if someone said, hey, you know, the, the, this guy's marrying his mom this weekend. He invited me to the wedding. And of course I said, no, oh, of course not. I would never go to something like that. But what's happened is we've become slowly desensitized to where it's now it's, Good point. it's, it's normal. For, for you know, two men to marry each other, two women to marry each other. And we asked the question, should I go, should I not go? As far as unbelievers uh, or, or a wedding of people of different faiths, scripture validates marriage for all people anywhere. It's, it's an honorable thing to make a commitment to be monogamous and to remain faithful to someone. So absolutely, I, I would attend, um, but I'm with Oscar. I wouldn't attend uh, a, a wedding where it's a gay wedding or a, or a you know. Gay union. Yeah, gay union. Thank you, Ray. Um, well, there's you know, no or, dearth to what you have to say about this. Yeah, no dearth whatsoever. Intrinsically. But there's also, you know, now we have uh, polyamory, polyamory where couples get married. Polyamory? Uh, not couples, but um, uh, multiple people. Yeah, three men and two women or whatever, right? I mean, it's become yeah, this. Yeah, it's endless. Yeah, insanity. And so, um, so yeah, mm. unfortunately. All right, next question. Uh, when will you choose easy? Which one will you choose? Okay, I got this one here. This is from Yehonatan. Yehonatan. How do I hand the out gospel tracts without fear stopping me? Ray! Ray, you've never been afraid, right? Comfort! Let love I'll swallow your fears. It's as simple as that. You care about people and just give out tracts. And a key is to, to greet people before you give a gospel tract. Just say hi. Good morning. And when they say good morning back, you've got to link with that person and say... Isn't that amazing? Yeah, Just yeah. like a, a simple hello? Yeah, it's huge. Well, did you discover that, Ray? Like, was it... It's uh, been the used, hello? The word hello has been used yes. for no. many years did, before I discovered come up with the hello? hello. I don't know why the word hell is in it. Heaven yeah. What is yeah. the etymology yeah. of hello? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heaven No, but Ray, did you, have you noticed a marked difference between oh, times yes. when you did and didn't? Do I ever? I, uh, when I was approached by Arnold Schwarzenegger, I became starstruck <laughs> and I went to give him a tract and forgot to 
say hello, I like your movies. I just went in, he says, no. <laughs> like that, it was all over. And that was a real lesson to me to always remember to greet someone because that's a common courtesy. Yeah. You don't say, here, take this. You say, good morning, how you doing? Um, you, if you've got a minute, you might like to read this. Yeah. You know, there's something years ago that I dubbed the uh, rejection collection oh, that's right. principle. And uh, it helps. It really has helped me over the years, especially when we go out on the streets and kind of give out lots of gospel tracts or approach people. And that is the law of averages, right? Statistically, uh, you know, let's say five out of 20 people uh, will be open and let you talk to them. Each rejection you get is getting you closer to that five. So you can kind of get, oh, okay, there, there's one down, two down, three down. Okay, I'm getting closer. There's a better way to beat rejection, and that is... No. Yes, million-dollar bills out the window on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, do you... Ah, oh, you rarely... I've rarely seen you not do it, but do you ever go by a staircase or, or second level not I've drop? I've never dropped, <laughs> never not dropped them. We did it even in, uh, in New York. Remember we had that oh, music, yeah. the music was playing. That was, was a Grand Central yeah, Station. Grand Central Station. And it was, it was such a joy to see just dropping off balcony, everyone dancing around. And the music was actually playing in the Grand Central, I think. Yeah. And people were delighted and we didn't get, uh, you couldn't do it now. I'm sure get picked up. Uh, you know, I think the way I would go about answering that question if I was sitting across the table with a cup of coffee, delicious oh, cup of coffee. Just do oh, no, it. <laughs> don't. Is I'd ask what, think about what you're afraid of. Are you afraid of being rejected? Are you afraid of confrontation? Are you the type of quiet, you know, non-extroverted person who has a hard time having a conversation? All of the above. All of the above. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. the fear of man were proved to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. I would tell that person, you're not the first and you won't be the last. Moses was af afraid of public speaking. Uh, he probably had a lisp or something. You're not alone, you're not afraid, but there the Lord will be with you um, when you proclaim the gospel. And I would also say that proclaiming the gospel looks different for everyone. My wife is very introverted, very quiet woman. Her way of proclaiming the gospel is she'll invite uh, a, a woman in the neighborhood out to coffee and she'll share her testimony and proclaim the gospel there. You and I were more likely hand out a track and get into a conversation out on the street. The Lord has built us slightly differently, but he's equipped all Christians to proclaim the gospel. And so don't let fear hold you back from what God has called you to do. You ever yeah. thought about explaining, if you had to explain to the person why you were fearful to give them a tract, imagine it easy. You're a stranger and I come up and I go, and I confide to you and say, excuse me, sir. I was afraid to give you a trap. What's that? <laughs> it's an insult to you, like you're a monster or something. Yeah. You know, that's what the person you'd probably say to me. Why? What are you fearful of? I know I'd have that reaction if someone said, right. I wanted to give you a piece of paper, but I was scared. I'd say, what are you talking about? I won't hit you. I'd love to break down what it is that makes us so despise rejection. I mean, we all, we, we've all experienced it. You know, that it's, Never. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it just feels yucky. You know, when you try to give someone something, no, I don't want it. And you yeah. just kind of... I, I love it when... <laughs> oh, okay. That's the face easy makes, by the way. We get rejected every Saturday at Huntington Beach when you go to say, would you like to do an interview on you? Yeah, right. And some people say, it's very kind of you to ask, but I don't have the time, but thank you. Yeah. And other people say, get out. It, yeah. That's the attitude. And the, the second one really stinks. It's horrible. I it's try to, to think of with. that when, even when I get a, you know, a, a, a caller, the, the, what do you call them? Drongos? Uh, 
and draw. And draw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you summoning Ken Ham in there? Um, no, but spam calls, you know, when yes. they're trying to sell you something. I really do try to trying to sell you that. spam? Or someone, yeah, you have spam? Delightful. You like? <laughs> but when they try to, or even someone tries to give you something, I try to remember what it feels. And I try to, oh, thank you so much. But, yes. you know, it just, you feel a little dignity, <laughs> you know, when someone treats you that way. I saw a guy go up to a car at a streetlight. He had a bunch of flyers. They weren't gospel tracks. Went up to the window and said, hey, man, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Hey, go ahead and pick one. Just one. Pick one. He's like, sure. Is that the one? You want to change good. it? No. Nope. Like He's that. all, great. Ah, and he just walked away. That's brilliant. They thought they were going to see a magic trick or something interesting more than that. But no, he just wanted to hand out one of his flyers. We had cards. Remember? We had cards, 50 cards, all the same tract. And yeah. the idea was to go up to someone and say, pick on any card. and Plain card. Yeah. 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 All right. Here's, a, here's another question. And by the way, friends, remember, frame. wave the master season eight. For oh, those that's of you right. That's what right now. That's what it's all about. Uh, livingwaters.com slash way of the master. Did I get that right, Trevor? Slash, ooh, slash, backslash, forward slash. Now you've slash now dash. You're confused. So yeah. violent. Livingwaters.com slash W-O-T-M, season eight. You can check out listings there, figure out what network is airing it in your area and watch it. What network is? Network, network. Network. Uh, Nicole for Christ asks, how do I minister to family that does not want to hear the gospel I don't want to be overbearing. Uh, oops, lost it there. But I care uh, about where they spend eternity. Thank you, Oscar. You're welcome. Got you back. Uh, family members don't want to hear it. We've all had them. Um, Ray, what do you do? I don't think she's saying family members. It says, how do I minister to, f- oh, to family? You're right. Because ah, it's an American uh, accent. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, just love. You know, let them see your faith by your works. I've got that, like, my sister and my brother aren't Christians, and I just continually show them love. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's all you can do, because if you preach, you're gonna, they're going to avoid you. Yeah, Ray, um, family w- would be the hardest, would oh, you say, to witness to? easily the hardest. I'd rather speak to a thousand machete-welding atheists <laughs> than my sister. And my sister's not a monster, but if I lose a relationship with those thousand atheists, I've lost nothing. But if I lose my relationship, my relationship with my sister, I've lost, I've lost everything. Oh. So suddenly Zacchaeus becomes a Goliath. Wow. You know, and it, it, I'm always nervous. Would you rather preach to spitting people in Israel, like in Jerusalem, uh, than... Uh that want to kill you? Actually, they don't intimidate <laughs> me, but I wish they had it because I haven't lived that down because you realized what was going on. Oh, I didn't. You guys, you had to have been there. It was, um, it was, well, it was the most terrifying moment I think of my life. Because remember, going to be a long story. Yes, very. I'm an Arab. Really? Privileged, of course, to be an Arab. But I'm an Arab, the Arab cherub. But we're in Israel and we get this idea to go and preach the gospel open air and ben, at Ben Yehuda Street, which is like the main square there in Jerusalem. And so we go and Ray's doing his trivia. He got a girl to do translation for you, right? Mm. In Hebrew. And, and, and so she's translating and Ray's doing trivia and it was a fun atmosphere. And Good Ray. crowd. They're all packing yeah. around. And then Ray says, Jesus said, <laughs> if you look at a woman to lust after her. And I'm telling you, man, you, you could feel the, the, just the venom in the atmosphere. I mean, it brought back to mind what, what scripture says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who stone the prophets, kill those who are center. And all of a sudden, I mean, everything, and you start seeing these guys are looking around, you know, and then this guy comes out and he starts cussing Ray out. And, I, and he used the Arabic. Yeah, well, it didn't worry me because I didn't know what he was saying. Yeah, and Ray's like, yeah. <laughs> and then the guy starts spitting at Ray. And it was like a game to Ray. I mean, he's, he's like, hey, 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 miss me. Hey, 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 hey. 
And, and uh, so anyway, Ray finishes, he gets off the box. And he's going around, giving out track. Do you get one of these? I'm like, Ray, they're going to kill us. They're chasing me, trying to get the camera. I'm passing the camera behind my back. You know, we're trying to... Oh, that was... Yeah, that I got a free shower that night. Five times he spat on me. <laughs> we had no idea that you don't do that in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm glad we did it. We proclaimed the gospel, but it was it's uh, on our program. What's it called? Uh, when things when go things wrong, go wrong. You can watch that. Uh, thanks to your filming on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, when things go wrong. I was wrong. a part of one of the way, way the, the master way. television program episodes, which we're promoting today, friends. I want Season to. Eight. I want to bring Mark into the conversation about proclaiming the gospel to your family members. But Come before on. I do, I also want to very quickly answer John Hanks' questions. Nope, not yours. Saint Construction family is the Father and the Son the same person? No, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons in one God. And, uh, and in regards to the Trinity, one of the best books I've read recently is called Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. It's short and it's very approachable. Any Christian can read it. More importantly, when you read books on the Trinity, they can be very dry and dull. This one will bring you to a place of worship. It is so well-written. I strongly recommend it. Yeah, uh, James White has a great book too. I yeah, whatever. It's called The Forgotten Trinity. <laughs> the Forgotten um, Trinity, really good. Mark, on Preaching to the Family, you, every, for those who don't know, here at Living Waters, every week we send out an email for prayer requests. And every week, I've been here almost eight years now. I mean, within fail, the fail. Within the ministry. Yeah, within the ministry, yeah. people who work here. Without fail, your con- consistent request is salvation for family members. And by the grace of God, in the seven or eight years I've been here, we've seen one of those family members come to a saving faith. So I'd love to hear from you what it looks like to proclaim the gospel, to, to be a witness to the gospel over an extended period of time for family members. Yeah, it's not always sharing the gospel every time uh, you see them. We, we have to remember that. Ray uh, quoted a scripture, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and it brings glory to your father in heaven. So the idea is really to be rich in good works with your family. I often will share praise reports with my family without them even really recognizing and realizing that I do that. And I also, I don't get caught off on superfluous areas and directions that I really shouldn't get caught up with. You know, if they're Mormon, I don't need to get into discussions about magical undergarments, right? If uh, they're Jehovah's Witness, I don't need to talk about false prophecies of uh, the watchtower. I want to stick to the main thing. The main thing is the plain thing, which is the gospel. First Corinthians 15 lays it out very clearly. It's the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's it. So when they want to come up and attack from different angles, for the most part, I allow them just to talk, right? Cause I don't want to win an argument. I want to win a soul. Amen. And I realize and recognize that they're not being held back and pushed back because of some crazy direction, undirectional thing that's not heading towards the gospel. So I'm going to stick to the gospel. So when it comes to grace and when it comes to Christ, I'm going to be very vocal when given the opportunity, but I'm going to be very loving and very respectful as well. When there's a holiday uh, going on, it's a good idea to invite friends over to your house. If it's Easter time or Thanksgiving time, you know, Oscar's invited over to the house and Oscar's job is solely to be able to not just enjoy the food, but here's the family share the gospel. You have no dog in the fight as Ray would talk about, right? Because if you lose a family member, it feels like you've lost everything. Mm. And then 
Next Easter, I get invited over to your house and my job is to share the gospel with your family members. And it seems like guards are more down in a situation like that. You don't get so heated or so passionate, you know, concerning that. So be rich in good works. Don't lose sight of prayer because prayer is the mechanism that God uses to save people. Yeah. Hmm. He just does. Amen. Yeah, I would say, yeah, just to add to that, uh, to your last point, absolutely. I would say when it comes to those family members, prayer is, you know, you think about it like an iceberg. Iceberg shows 20% of its total mass. Proclaiming the gospel is maybe 20% of, of evangelism to a family member over the course of years. The 80% is the prayers. And I can be in a testament to that because I, you know, was an atheist in high school all the way through college. And my grandma, I, I witnessed her on her knees by her bedside with tears in her eyes praying for my salvation. And I would mock her for that. But years later, I would come to a saving faith. So not only those moments when you're face to face with them proclaiming the gospel, but prayer which is something that you do through that, through those emails. And then I love what you said earlier, which is the reality that discipleship is not just for the saved, it's for the unsaved as well. And that's exactly what you do when you invite family members into your life, when you invite them over for dinner so that they can witness the way you disciple your children, so they can be a witness to your marriage. All of those things accompanied with the gospel, it becomes tangible evidence of, of new life. Yeah. And all of those are testaments to the reality of God's saving faith that he can and will use in the lives of your family members. I've got a question here from John Hanks. Um, how do you tell someone how serious their sin is? That scratches where I itch. Yeah. It's like if you've got a doctor who's got a patient in front of him, the patient thinks he's incredibly healthy, but the doctor's got x-rays that show he's got terminal cancer. He's going to be dead in three weeks. It's slim no cancer. So what's he going to do? Slip him the cure? No, it's the worst thing he can do. The guy's going to say, get that out of my face. I don't want a cure. I'm healthy. Mm. He takes him and pushes his face right up those x-rays and shows him how serious it is. He wants to make the guy sweat. Hmm. And when he sweats and says, well, what should I do? That's when he can give him the cure. Hmm. And that x-ray is God's law, those commandments. Open up the spiritual nature of the law, show lust to be adultery, hatred to be murder, lying lips and abomination of the Lord. Thieves won't inherit God's kingdom. Show the exceeding sinfulness of sin, which is Romans 7 verse 13, where Paul says, by the commandment, sin became exceedingly sinful. So that's how you do it. And you can listen to Hell's Best Kept Secret on livingwaters.com that shows you how to do yeah. it. Yeah. And Ray, you talk about, and by the way, friends, on that note, uh, one of the places you can learn to do that most effectively is by watching the way the Master Television Program, season eight. And uh, you could check out the listings in your area, livingwaters.com slash W-O-T-M. I heard we got a new uh, Mexican host there. Ah, si, si, senor. What are we doing in about... 45 minutes. Oh, we have enjoying a, the fruits mm-hmm. of our labor. We have a taco truck. Taco? We have a taco truck coming. We should talk about it. Yeah. That's <laughs> real Mexican food to celebrate our YouTube channel passing 200 million views. Which, 200 million. So I think we're folks. actually 210 million. Is that right, Trevor? Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up. Uh, well, there's a Spanish channel. He could bring that into it. You know, Ray, I remember when I think we, I, it's distinct in my mind, we sent out a newsletter and we announced, I think we had 7 million views on our channel at the time. And we were like, we have 7 million views. And to blink and to see us here now at 200 million. I mean, 250, it gets you a quarter billion people yeah. or, or views at least, you know, on the channel. And so, so we're very humbled 
and yeah. excited at the same time that uh, you think what, what they had to do like 50 years ago to get the gospel to a lot of people that have mass church crusades where churches are combined. Take two years to get the churches combined like herding cats and then the gospel to be preached to combined Christians with a few unsaved people there. But with the YouTube channel, we've accessed literally millions of unsaved people. So we're so excited. Yeah, and we're starting to, uh, we're, we're slowly approaching 1.1 million subscribers, which is yeah. insane. We just had the million subscriber celebration. And, and YouTube sent us a nice plaque. Yeah, which I like Trevor's that. Which Trevor's got in his office. Yeah, so, um, all right, here's, here's another question here. This is uh, uh, for me from Thomas Atkins. Question for Easy. How do, does he go about memorizing scripture? Uh, before I answer that, guys, scripture memory. Ray, how important is it to memorize scripture? I can't remember. Ray memorized <laughs> Jesus wept, but he keeps getting it wrong. He keeps messing up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, learning scripture by, uh, with music, I, I have instant recall of masses of scripture because I learned scripture and song like 30 or 40 years ago. It just stays with you. And I love reciting scripture, but I, I, nothing like you, you recite whole books. Which yeah, so if the time ever comes where we get arrested and we have to go to prison and all the Bibles are taken away, I want to share a cell with you, Easy. <laughs> One third of the New Testament uh, books are memorized. So that's yeah, that's I've, a good I've, well, challenge almost, for yourself. Can you write out the Gospel of John? Ooh. Could you actually? Uh, well, I have, that's not one of the ones I memorized. No, but I'm talking about uh, us peasants. Why not? What oh, are you yeah, doing together, life? Oh, pff, how I'm dare I? Talking about us peasants, not you, Mr. Yeah. Brothers, but um, us. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I'm now, I have one more book and I'll be half, I will have finished half the books in the New Testament. And I've often thought of that. If, if persecution hit, we had no Bibles, um, the joy of having, having God's word in my heart. That's why I want to do the whole New Testament. I'm really, that, that's a, a passion. I'm working towards it. I'm, you mean the genealogies? Are you serious? Matthew? Genealogy? I had memorized the genealogies of Matthew at one point. Yeah. But, um, but I, I can't put into words the joy and the bliss well, you're gonna of, try? of having it. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't even try. My favorite thing about when you recite scripture is because you listen to the Bible at like 400 speed, you recite scripture at five, 400 speed. <laughs> no. He'll like be talking in regular I tone and all of a sudden he'll be like, down, it's <laughs> weird. It just, it's kind of like, uh, it's like Pez, you know? They just so that is one way you memorize by having it go faster than normal. Is that right? No. Well, oh, I listen to scripture. That's, that's something separate that I do from, from uh, doing it. But my encouragement would be to check out the Bible memory app for the, for the person who asked that question. Super. So you guys use that Bible memory app? It used to I be don't. called no. scripture typer, but they changed the name. So good. It, it allows you to, to put in, you know, whether it's a verse or blocks of verses. And then when you, you, what you do is you type in the first letter of each word and if you get it wrong, it buzzes, it marks it red for you, and then you can record your voice so you can listen back to it. But that, um, using mnemonic devices where sometimes, you know, I'll take uh, letters from each word that make up a funny sounding word, and that kind of triggers it in my mind. Um, you know, review is a big deal. Uh, songs, like Ray said. What about walking through your house? Oh yeah, scripture, uh, scripture palette or a palace memory palace. You can't even remember the name. You need memory palace to remember the memory palace. There's this book on memory. I can't remember what it's called. But no, <laughs> Moonwalking it, with Einstein is the book where we, I think, originally got the idea, yeah. and the author's name is Joshua Four, and it kind of lit the fire a little bit to yeah. follow that pattern of memory palace. And I did it. You know, I, I was working on Second Timothy, and I was able to do chapter one like within a day and a half. Could or, you explain what we're talking about? Yeah, Mark, explain it. You, you yeah, Mark, explain it. 
All right, so, so I highly recommend the book if you really find yourself in a position, especially if you're like a med student, right? And you have to memorize huge amounts of material. Um, Joshua Ford, he kind of a beat writer up in New York, and he was uh, positioned to take on the task of following this um, memory uh championship there in upstate New York. And he talked to the people it's that be a long story. It's going to be a very long story because I have to <laughs> recite it from memory. And he had to, uh, well, what he decided to do is he decided to interview the people that won first, second, third place. He thought he was going to find these savants with these great memories. But in reality, they were all like a 2.0 GPA graduated high school with a C average, but they all, and this is what he recognized. They all implemented this thing called a memory palace in order to win. So he asked the question, if I implement the memory palace, whatever it is, where would I be a year from now? So, well, I think that you would be kind of a contender, you know, that people would maybe know your name uh, by the end of the year. Well, he, for one hour a day, he implemented the memory palace technique. He competed in the championship and he won it. Wow. He won. And they were, I mean, they're kind of parlor tricks where you grab a hold of three decks of cards and they're in random order and you memorize them. And they put everything into long-term memory, not short-term memory, because what good is it to memorize something for just yeah. maybe five minutes? So he was memorizing huge amounts of material in a very short amount of time. And now he says, you'll remember it forever. So what is it? You basically, I think what we tend to do uh, before that came about was something similar. It's like one door, uh, two shoe, one three, son, three. two shoe, three, three, four door. Ray, Ray taught me that. That's actually. the Trent memory course. But you didn't even tell us what the palace is all about. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting tell there. Tell us about the palace. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, it's, uh, you'll go through a door. So yeah, basically you, you take a familiar uh, house or building that has multiple rooms in it. And then you create a pathway through that, through that house or building, and you go room to room, and inside each room, you, you take different objects, and then you hang things on them, basically. And you just create these things. I mean, I've used it, especially with names. Uh, we would have the academy, uh, when people would come out. By the way, we have one coming up soon, and that's something you can check out at livingwaters.com, our academies, and, and see when we announce the next one. But I'd have, I'd have 50, 60 names to memorize. And so I did that. I did the memory palace and I would go through each name and I'd begin at the front door of a house or at the garage even. Then I go into the garage and I go into the front room and then I go room by room. And it, it's pretty amazing. It's wonderful, but there's an easier way. You just say, hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, <Yes>. brother. <laughs> Good to see you, sister. That's always So bad. anyways, uh, long story short, if you want so to cool. memorize uh, big amounts of material and scripture and paragraphs, look up Memory Palace. What is a Memory Palace? And it's going to walk you through that. Yeah. Uh, Claudia mm. Ama, thank you for submitting your question. Claudia asks advice on being content in mm. the season that you're in. Uh, I think this is a yeah. big conversation that we need to have. Well, that's a whole podcast. We actually yeah. did a podcast on, uh, on contentment. You can listen to that on any streaming podcast service you have out there, like the Apple one or Spotify. And if you do that, feel free to leave a five-star review. And all you have to do is break mm. out the word contentment, commas with, and then it's a tent. Inside of a tent. A tent. Inside of a camping. You have to go camping more often. Yeah. Listen, contentment, something that we talk about in that episode, I'll, I'll go over it briefly, but if, and if you want to hear, hear more, I strongly suggest listening to it. The reality that we live in a society that makes us long for more. The entire structure of Western society means that they are is set up to make us want something that we don't currently have. 
It makes us discontent with the lives around us. I mean, think about even like the American dream is the pursuit of happiness. Mm. It's not to be happy, it's to want happiness. In other words, and we've all experienced this, when we long for something, if I only could graduate college, I'll be content. If only I can buy a house, I'd be content. If only I met my spouse, if only we had kids, if only if my job. And what happens every time we get that thing? Contentment is short-lived and then we long for something more. Contentment ultimately is not found in a change of circumstances. It is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Until we reorient our hearts to desire him fully, we will never be content in this life. But the beauty of the gospel is that contentment is possible in whatever circumstance you're in right now. And if you can't be, what that means is, if you can't be content in life now, you will not be content when you get that thing you long for. Mm. Contentment comes in and through Christ alone. Yeah, yeah, when people say the grass is always greener on the other side, it's true, but that fence is there for a reason. There's a reason why your allotment is what it is. And contentment is really the solution to uh, breaking the 10th commandment, which is covetousness, yeah. mm. right? When we say, well, if only I had, if only I could, if only I married the right person, if only my child, if I could have this much money. No, 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 no. Pause and think about the situation in the position that you are currently in because this is really, by and large, uh, God-ordained. So godliness with a contentment is great gain. If that be the case, well, then you'll never lack. You'll never want, right? It's like you go, hey, you want to go eat so-and-so? You know what? I just don't need it. Hey, would you like this item? Don't, I don't really need it. If, we, if our default really is first, I don't know if I need that, well, then you will be more content and you're going to be satisfied, which... Ultimately, there comes a time where you're entrusted with more because you're already content, then that gives out and you become more of a giver than a receiver. Yeah. Yeah, our pastor just taught a powerful message yes. on contentment and he, he talked about really the, the, the root of discontentment is, is having a covetous heart, having an inordinate desire for things you don't possess with which without you feel that you can't be satisfied in life. You know, there's nothing wrong with desiring. It's that inordinate desire. And there's a powerful book called The Art of Divine Contentment. And it's, uh, there's this quote in there that's so powerful. It says, uh, murmuring, you know, grumbling, complaining is the scum that is boiled off from a discontented heart. Huh. And I remember when I first read that, it's like, oh, you know, really the tongue is kind of the, it, it's, it's sort of like the barometer or uh, the, you know, the, the, the thing that reveals the temperature of the heart, thermometer. Couldn't even think of the word thermometer. The tongue is a thermometer that reveals the, the temperature of the heart. You know, when, we, when we're murmuring, grumbling, complaining, we're showing that we're not content in the Lord and we're really grumbling against the Lord. And scripture says, they that will be rich fall into temptation and a smear, snare and many hurtful. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in Hebrews where it talks about, you know, being free from covetousness, be content with such things as you have. And, but then it goes on to talk about how, um, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's really the key in contentment. It's recognizing that Christ is permanently a part of our lives. And if we have him, we have all things. Um, you know, I love the saying that says, uh, Christ plus nothing equals everything. Hmm. And I would say that the converse is everything minus Christ equals nothing. The Mexican version of that is that meat plus tortilla equals taco. <laughs> yeah, which 
We're like five minutes away. Very soon. close. Yeah. So anyhow, guys, I, I think uh, I think we hit a lot of these questions. Uh, and uh, gave I'm going to uh, try to hang out in the chat room for a little bit longer. If you guys want to at me and submit your questions, I'll do my best to answer some more. But we are coming into a yeah. close here. Yeah. So there you have it. The uh, live hangout here at Living Waters. Uh, again, our, our desire today was to uh, help uh, encourage you, equip you. There's this big item that's come out today in regards to what's going on with the Supreme Court and, and abortion in our nation. Pray, friends, pray that God will divinely work this out to where we'll see this atrocity completely abolished mm. uh, in America and around the world. But uh, at the very least, that a statement can be made to where abortion, uh, you know, less babies will be murdered across our nation. And on that note, I, I did a spoken word called Choice. You could check out Is on it our really? YouTube channel. What's that? Is it really? Is it really what? Or choice. Is it, is it choice? Really? Oh, is it really, or is it silly to say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what is it? What is it? <laughs> uh, so make sure to check it out. Uh, the What Is It movie's coming out as well. And then Way of the Master Season 8, livingwaters.com slash WOTM. Please check it out. Uh, look at the listings in your local area and make sure to watch it. Tell others about it and get equipped and blessed and encouraged. And remember, livingwaters.com, you can get all the different resources we mentioned today. The 180 movie, uh, Seven Reasons, Life in the Womb, and then the cool awesome. hologram track as well. Thanks for joining us, friends. Whether this is through the podcast or Facebook or YouTube, we're blessed to have you with us. We'll see you here, Lord willing, next time on the next Living Waters Hangout. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.